This is After the Fact, and I'm Kyle Worthamson here with Jen Wilkin. Hey, Jen. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Great. Uh, we've got some coffee. Yeah. So we're the, the energy is moving forward. Mm, got a little breakfast down the hatch. Yes. I'm feeling perky. Great. So uh, one of the questions I'm always fascinated by are who are... Uh, who are someone's like most formative influences yeah, theologically? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the work that you've done, writing, teaching, leading, speaking, building, I mean, you've done so much uh, in your ministry career. Who have been the most formative theological voices on your life? Oh, man. I <clears throat> Hands down, R.C. Sproul. And I came across him. Actually, Jeff found him. My husband found him before I did. He was commuting and happened to find the radio program and hmm. started introducing me to some of that. And then uh, got a couple of his books. And he was sort of the gateway drug for me into yeah. theology. I I went from there to, uh, I think I've mentioned on the show before that for my 30th birthday, Jeff bought me Louis Burkhoff's Systematic mm-hmm. Theology and I start reading that uh, and reading footnotes. I started reading, I found Burkhoff through, through Sproul's footnotes. Yeah. I also, through Sproul's footnotes, found uh, A.W. Tozier mm-hmm. and I found, through Tozier, I found... Charnock, Stephen Charnock mm-hmm. yeah. and um, Arthur Pink yeah. and just have, ha- and then another person that I found actually through some of the things that R.C. Sproul was putting out was uh, James Montgomery Boyce. Mm-hmm. So he's a more contemporary voice. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was a, just a huge gift to me as someone who was wanting to learn not just theology, but how to teach. Right. And so I think the most influential theologians on me have also been people who taught a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so Boyce and I would say Boyce, Tozier and um, Sproul all were people who could take complicated ideas and bring them down to the lay level without sacrificing any of the potency of mm-hmm. what those ideas were. And I, that appealed to me a great deal. I felt a little bit like a unicorn at the time because I was not running into a lot of women who were reading men. Yeah. And then it just became clear to me that I could potentially do for a women's audience what these teachers had done for me because I did not feel capable. I did not feel equipped. So I think one of the the significant pieces that I gathered from them, in addition to their good theology, was their good way of presenting it Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that was accessible. They had no interest in heightening the expert amateur divide. They Mm -hmm. wanted to invite others into the conversation. And so what I hope I have done is not just learn good theology from them, but learned a good teaching paradigm from them. And I hope what I have been able to do a little bit is, is bring things that women might not otherwise have picked up, bring that content to them. And, and what I do see is that oftentimes they're reading my footnotes. Mm -hmm. So I hope I'm paying it forward a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think if, uh, if part of what your goal has been, has been to communicate profound truths in a way that's clear, cohesive, meaningful, and easy to understand. I think you're succeeding very much at that goal. <laughs> um, I think you're, uh, you're, you're, you're excelling. Um, what makes for a good guide? Like in your experience. So like there's a lot of yeah. content out there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and now more than ever, it, there is an endless stream of available voices right. who will tell you, let me be your guide. I mean, there are blogs and mm-hmm. Twitter handles and the publishing industry is just, it's revving. It's just, you know, we're generating so much content. So having kind of had some really good helpful guides. I mean, you're mm-hmm. mentioning Sproul and Burkoff and mm-hmm. Boyce and Tozer and Pink and Sharnock. I mean, these are 
gold standards when it comes right. to guides. What are some of the things that you're looking for when you're evaluating? Uh, is this a helpful? Is this a helpful voice? Mm-hmm. Is this, Theologically, biblically, I mean, pastoral, I mean, like, what are you looking for in a guide? Well, I think that a lot of times what has attracted people to different teachers has been sort of cleverness or they provide these interesting little factoids that sort of bring the text to light. Those kinds of things actually leave me a little bit suspicious. I want to know who is getting into the weeds with just pulling apart what's physically there in a passage. Who? So it's people who focus on the basics, on the things that we have been teaching for 2,000 years, but then they're not just giving you the concept or um, the theology piece in a vacuum, they're bringing it into what is it? How does this, how do I live differently if this is true? And I think that's something that Sproul is masterful. I think it's something that Tozier really, really good at. And I would even add, you know, like another theologian that has actually been really helpful to me is Jerry Bridges, because it's not just that they are intensely practical in the way that they utilize theology. um, It's that it, it's been personal for them. They're not trying to teach something that hasn't been something that the Lord has already taught them first. And so I think you're looking for, I'm going to use a buzzword, you're looking for authenticity, mm-hmm. but in its purest form, you're looking for someone who is clearly themselves still a learner, yeah. but who is handing you uh, the very best, the most salient things that they've had time to crystallize. That's another thing too, is like if someone's super young, with the exception of John Calvin, who did write the Institutes in his 20s, which is vaguely annoying, I think, mm. to all of us. Yeah. But if someone's really, I, I would rather read a theologian's works toward the end of their life yeah. because you start to see the things that have really crystallized for them. Yeah. So that's one of the the lenses that I've used. But uh, I don't want someone who is clever or innovative. I want right. someone who is taking things that have been tried and true and is reintroducing them to a new generation in, in faithful words and with words that can be heard by that generation. Yeah, I think that's really good. Good influences on mm-hmm. theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you one more thing here, um, just to kind of wrap it up. Um, when you think about your role right now mm-hmm. as an influence, mm-hmm. right? Because there are many who are looking at you as a theological guide. Yeah, that terrifies me. Okay. So <laughs> that's what I was that's what I was going to ask you. Like that's so now being on the other side yeah. of it. I mean, cuz when you started yeah. listening to Sproul and Burkoff mm-hmm. and Sharnock and Tozer, mm-hmm. I mean, you they were doing for you what you have set out and are doing for others. Mm-hmm. How does that how has that shaped your prayer life? There, There is no more unexpected development in my life. And I say this as someone who had four kids in four years. There is no more <laughs> unexpected development in my life than, than where I find myself now. And I would say similar to having the four kids in four years, nothing has, has driven me to dependence on God hmm. quite like that. I do think, I mean, I, I've said this before, when you're in a position like this, you're always balancing fear and fearlessness. Um, you want to say the thing that you know needs to be said, but you're always aware of your inadequacy to be able to say it. And that sounds like, I know how it sounds. It sounds like false humility to people who are listening. I am not kidding. It does not grow. My, like I, I've, I've learned skills or tools to do this that I do have a growing confidence in, Mm -hmm. but I never feel like, oh yeah, I'm capable of this. I'm ready to do this, but, but we do it anyway. And I think the the little saying that has been bouncing around our offices, do it afraid. Yeah. You Hmm. just do it Yeah, uh, because, because it's the most important thing you can do. But man, I, I ask the Lord always 
to teach me first before I can turn around and, and teach it to someone else. I don't want to stand up and deliver content that's devoid of any sort of personal yeah. uh, interaction with the text that where I've had to deal with my own sin around an issue or where I have been called into worship before I call someone else into worship regarding what a passage is saying. But I would say even with the increased prayer, the the responsibility of it is just something that is uh, heavy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's supposed to be. I think it is. I think it is. Well, you teach from a life lived and we're grateful for it. Well, you're sweet.